Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henley. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. 1 Samuel chapter 17, listen, it's in the Old Testament. It goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 17, um, we'll begin in verse 1, it says this. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sakah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sakah and Ezekah in Ephesdamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. Verse 3. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. And so listen, the people of God are in a battle. And the enemy in this battle is the Philistines. Listen, likewise, the Bible says that we're in a battle. But it says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in the unseen world. And yet the reality of the matter is this. Satan and his demons do fill and entice humans to do their bidding. And so one of the great challenges for us is to love people and yet call out and recognize where the enemy is speaking and where the enemy is at work. Listen, sometimes even within ourselves. That is, listen, if we're operating from fear and bitterness, that's what's coming out of us. If we're operating from jealousy and envy, when we're you know, full of angst and, and divisiveness, criticalness, Listen, we're allowing the enemy to control us. We're allowing the enemy to speak through us. We remember, you know, even the Apostle Peter. I mean, the Peter, the great man of faith, the man who walked on water. You remember Jesus. Jesus rebuked him at one point and said, Listen, Satan, get behind me. Because Peter had allowed himself in that moment to be used by the enemy to speak against what God wanted to do through Jesus. Well, it continues. Verse 4. And there came out, of the, out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. That is, you know, he was as high as the basketball hoop. He's, he was bigger than Shaq. 
He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, and he had a bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. That is, listen, the point is this. Goliath was eons greater than any soldier that Israel had, that the people of God had. He was head and shoulders greater, mightier, taller than anyone the people of God could bring to fight for them. They were totally outmatched and outgunned. And the truth of the matter is, our enemy, Satan, is way greater than us. He is way mightier than us. He is way smarter than us. We are outgunned. And listen, the trials and difficulties that he throws at us are often much greater than us. Our giants can be called a pandemic or a financial difficulty or an addiction or, you know, cancer or, you know, just the future. You know, what, what does God want me to do? And, and, you know, who does God want me to marry? Is there anyone out there, Lord, for me who actually loves the Lord? And whatever it is, it is seemingly impossible, seemingly insurmountable. And so we can easily feel outgunned. We can easily feel overwhelmed in the battle. Well, it continues. Skip down to verse 10. Skip down to verse 10. It says, And the Philistine said, that is Goliath, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That is, listen, the giant was intimidating. He mocked them. And so listen, they, they heard him. They listened to him. They internalized what he was saying. And the result in their heart was dismay. And they were greatly afraid. Well, listen, it's the same with us. Our enemy and, and our giants intimidate us. They, they mock us. They remind us, you know, we're going down. 
we're not big enough, we're not good enough, we're going to fail, we are, we are overwhelmed, we're not going to make it, and our giants mock us over and over and call us, listen man, just give up. <laughs> You know, the battle is over. I mean, God's not going to help you. I mean, He hasn't yet. I mean, look around. And our enemy is relentless. Our enemy is relentless. He comes at us day and night. Day and night reminding us we're not enough reminding us we're doomed reminding us we can't we're going down we're not big enough we're not smart enough he mocks us relentlessly and we see this actually skip down to verse 16 we see this relentless mocking here by Goliath for 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. Just mocking, just mocking, saying, you're going down. You're doomed. You're going to fail. Verse 24, here's our common response. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid that is listen our common response to our enemy our common response to our giants is to is to flee and be afraid and listen it's it's easy to understand why i mean for example the israelites here the context here is listen they had just come off a battle. They had just engaged the Philistines right before this, and the Philistines had slaughtered 30,000 of them. So that's the context of this next engagement with Goliath. Perhaps that helps you understand where they're at. I mean, this failure, this defeat is, it's very, very fresh in their minds. And so listen, it's, it's the same in our battles, isn't it? I mean, we, we take real hits. And the people in our lives take real hits. I mean, the giants are real. And they're scary, and, and they're painful, and and they hurt. And so it's perfectly rational, perfectly reasonable <laughs> to fear and to flee. But listen, even though we feel fear, we must not respond in fear. Because when we do, we allow the enemy to control us and defeat us. And so though we feel fear, we can't help it. 
Though we feel fear, we must act in faith. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We must in faith know we have the power, we have the love, we have the soundness of mind to overcome, to bring down whatever giant that we must face. And so as we come to the battle, listen, we must stand. And when we've done everything to stand, the Bible says, stand. It tells us that in Ephesians 6. And in Ephesians 6, it goes on to talk about the armor of God that we have. And there's only one place where that armor does not protect us, and that is our back. And so listen, when we turn and flee, when we give up and try to run away from God, try to run away from the pressure, try to run away from the responsibility, try to escape, try to go cope in our own ways, as soon as we turn our back, we are exposed. And we will experience our greatest defeats when we turn and run. But listen, when we stand by God's grace, when we stand by God's mercy, listen, it hurts. It's hard. When we see others fall away around us, it, it will cost us to stand. But when we do, we do experience God's strength in a way we've never known before. We do ultimately get conformed more to the image of Christ, which is God's main purpose in our lives. Do you understand that? God's main purpose for my life is to make me like Jesus. And oftentimes that involves way more trials and pain than I really want to go through. I mean, I want what God has for me, but oftentimes it's like, I don't like pain, though. But God in His mercy and grace uses this fallen world even to bring about His good purpose, which is to conform us to the image of His Son. And so we have to stand, we have to trust Him in the battle. Well, it goes on in verse 26. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? And the answer was tax-exempt status for life and the king's daughter. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
that he should defy the armies of the living God. That is, listen, sometimes what is needed is simply a fresh perspective. I've seen this so often in the church. I've, I've seen this so often, listen, in our little community. Because we're so used to being beaten down. We're so used to seeing so little change, so, so little positive, and so people resist hope. I mean, they, they want to believe, but they, they don't want to believe because it hurts. And so they resist it. And they push back against it. So often what is needed is someone to come along and say, you know what, wait a minute. Are we not the sons and daughters of God? Do we not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, the third person of the Godhead inside of us? Is not God with us and for us? How can we not? How can our response be other than speaking faith and standing in faith until we see our mighty God move on our behalf? What could possibly be our response other than that. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, that is the oldest brother of David, heard when he, that is when David kind of gave his fresh perspective on things, spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. That is, listen, if you choose to have faith, you will be criticized and you will be opposed. If you choose to try to believe if you choose to try to move forward in your life, if you choose to try to do anything positive, positive for others, you will be opposed and you will be criticized and you will experience pushback. And here's even the harder thing. It will often come from those who are close to you. It will surprise us sometimes where the, the pushback comes from because, listen, they're dismayed. Or they've tried and failed and they've given up. And so they put that fear upon you and they, they bring motives to you. They accuse you of wrong motives and they push back. Listen, uh, you have to speak faith. You have to move forward in faith. Even then, when those close to you don't see what God is calling you to do. And listen, 
This was David's own brother. His own brother was stabbing him in the back when he was trying to glorify God and deliver God's people. It continues, verse 31. Verse 31 and 32. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. That is, listen, David speaks the outcome before the battle. He he speaks his victory before the fight. And listen, that's big time faith. Because him winning over Goliath was absolutely ridiculous from a human standpoint. Absolutely ridiculous. It was the Hail Mary of all Hail Marys. And the fact that Saul and the rest of the army let David go (laughs) shows how despondent and hopeless they were. Well, it continues, verse 31, or excuse me, verse 33. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. So he speaks faith, and the immediate response that he gets is fear. The immediate response he gets, again, he got it from his brother, and now he's getting it from the king, from someone in authority saying, you can't do it. You're not able. And you know what? King Saul was right. What he was saying was absolutely true. But David did not see himself as alone in the battle. Take a look at verse 34. Verse 34 to verse 37. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. If he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. That is, David said, God delivered me before. He will deliver me again. That is, David had history with God. God had been faithful to him in some smaller battles, And this gave David courage to fight even 
a greater battle. Listen, if you're a believer, then God has been faithful to you. Listen, He has delivered you from your sin. He has canceled out the debt of your sin. He has delivered you from the power of sin. It is not your master anymore. And if you've walked with God any amount of time, you, you have experienced his faithfulness in some small battles. That is to say this, you have history with God too. He has been faithful to you. And so listen, he will be faithful to you again this giant will fall too. Well, it continues. Verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So, so David put them off. That is, listen, we can imitate someone's faith for a while. I mean, that's, that's how we learn, is by imitating someone else's faith. But ultimately, we must make our faith our own. Ultimately, we must experience God for ourselves. We must encounter and have a personal relationship with God ourselves. We must experience His power in our lives personally. And then we must move in our unique gifting that God has granted to us. Listen, so that our faith with God is sincere, that it's, it's real, it's genuine, it's genuine, and so that also we fully express the way that God has shaped us, the way that God has uniquely gifted us, because the truth of the matter is, and we, we push back on this, we have a hard time believing this, but God wants to use you just like he used David. He wants you to be you. He shaped you uniquely for you to be used by him for his kingdom. Verse 40, all the way down to verse 45 says this. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine and the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance and the Philistine said to David, now we're going to see the first trash-talking session in history here. And here it comes. It's big-time trash talk. 
Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. That is, listen, David came in the name of the Lord. And we do the same. That is, we fight in the name of Jesus. In the name that is above every other name. The name at which every knee will bow. It is at the name of Jesus that people are saved from their sins. That demons flee. That disease is healed. That mountains are moved and giants are defeated. David knew that it was Jesus who was with him, in him, and before him in the battle. And so listen, as we press in to our battle, we do so not in our strength, but in God's strength. We do so not in our name, not not in our effort, not, not in our smarts, not in what we bring to the table. We are not enough. Just agree with Satan and his intimidation. You're right, I'm doomed. You're right, I can't. I'm going down. But I am not alone. God is with me. It is in his name I am looking for my victory. Well, it continues. Verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. Now there's two things here that I want us to see. And the first is David's motivation to fight. His motivation was for the glory of God. Listen, that the world might know that there is a God in Israel. And second, for the building up of God's people. That the people of God would know that it's not by sword, it's not by might, it's not by, by them, but by the Lord, the battle is won. The second thing, that we see here is the key to his courage. 
It's the key to our courage. And that key is knowledge. David knew something. That if we know it, and what I mean by know it is not just in our head, but in our guts, in our being, that we know it. It makes all the difference. Verse 47 again. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And that's exactly what happened if you read the rest of the story. But the key to David's courage is he knew, listen, not, not just in his head, but in his being. It was a core conviction. He, had, he experienced it. It was part of his DNA. It was who he was. He knew. He knew the battle is the Lord's. He went into that enemy line not based on his skill, not based on his gifting, not based on his might, but in his trust in the bigness of his God. And so listen, that's what we do as well. The battles are difficult. And, and even though it's good to start with a fresh slate, we know that as this new year starts, the giants are still there. They're, they're still waiting. And, and it can be painful. It can be difficult. It can be hard. We can, we can see others taken out in the battle around us. And, but listen, we can have victory we can look beyond all the mocking day in and day out, telling us we can't, telling us we're doomed, telling us we're going down, telling us we still haven't seen God move, we still don't have an answer. We, we can see the carnage. We can see the chaos. We can, we can look past it. And see our God enthroned. And so thus we can speak faith. We can speak faith in the midst of the chaos of our moment. The chaos of our day. And we can say, I can. Because Jesus can. And because Jesus, you are in me. And so therefore I can, I might not always want to, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so God, I thank you. I thank you that you have delivered me before. And I thank you that you will deliver me again. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. 
For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.